that story actually takes place a couple of years after Jesus was born. And when you put it in that context, it's quite profound that kings would, like kings, leaders would come such a long distance. You know what I mean? It's not just that little thing that happened on the Christmas night. That whole story was drawn out over a long period of time. Um, when they visited Herod and then he, of course, did what he did to the children in Bethlehem. Remember, and it says that he, all of the children up to two years old, that was his safety net to put it all in context. It's an incredible story. And that's kind of, in a sense, we put that as the end of the Christmas story. It's, a, it's like a two-year thing of the infant Jesus. We know it kind of off by heart. We just sang all the words, don't we? we? We know Christmas really well. Who watched the carols last night? Did anyone see Sylvie, uh, Sylvie Pellegrino? Isn't she amazing? Like someone who's a Christian that just truly loves God gets up there and sings with such an incredible voice. I'm sitting there. <laughs> you can't help but just get really hit by that, especially if you notice what she said. Uh, in between her songs, and she said it's all about, and she said that word, Jesus, and about two people applauded. It's very strange. This amazing story about this amazing person, and uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take a a step back uh, and quickly whiz through. I don't use notes because I can't read them without my glasses, so these are my notes. So you're getting all of my notes. You can have a copy of them if you like them. They're not worth copying. Um, but what we're going to do is step back, and I'm hoping in a few short minutes I can make a little bit of sense out of the Christmas story um, and out of the big picture of Christmas. And just before I do, you might have noticed these two people over here who are new. Uh, This is Evan and Rachel. They're pastors from a church in Ringwood. Uh, They live in Brunswick and they've chosen to come down here and surprise me. Evan works with me and I've worked with Rachel in the Bible College for years and years. So that's who these two guys are. Just thought I'd let you know that and embarrass them completely. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Seatbelts on. And here we are. These are the sorts of words. We sang these words this morning. Joy to the world, let earth receive her king. Joyful all you nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. Born that we no more may die, born to reign. These are big words. I mean, we're talking about a little, don't we, the the whole story of man and all that is about a little baby. Yet we're singing words that are about who we call the king of kings. Like this amazing, I mean, look at her glory, triumph. In the skies. I mean, triumph, especially back in those days. Triumph. Think of a Roman army. Triumph. Triumph. That's the kind of words we've been singing. And we love lifting our voices and like that, watching Sylvie sing with such passion last night. We sing these amazing words about a little kid, a little baby. And it sort of makes sense, but to be honest, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense, the story, when you really look at it. So if I ask the person to click the next one, I'm going to give you a profound theological principle this morning. This is full-on theology. Now, but not yet. It's a sentence that does not make any sense, just as much sense as the Christmas story makes sense. So I'm hoping to make sense of the Christmas story through something that really doesn't make sense. This theological principle, now... But not yet. 
Think of it now, but nah, not yet. Jesus was born around 4 BC. This is 2,000 years ago. Under the rule of Herod, grew up in Nazareth, and about 30 years of age, we know he started preaching the kingdom. He didn't just preach nice little sermons and things with PowerPoints. He went around the cities and into the capital city of Judea and preached the kingdom of God. Big words. Three years later, he was crucified. This is all 2,000 years ago. We know the story, the Christmas story and the story of the ministry of Jesus. And he died. And we even say he rose from the dead. I believe that. He rose from the dead. But what went wrong? Why is it the Christmas story talks of this king of kings? Glory! Triumph! And 33 years later, he hung on a Roman cross and he died. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, has anyone ever wondered about this? Like, what went wrong? All these, these three guys marched across the lands to come and bear a gift. Two years after he was born, they had marched, I don't know how many months it must have taken to come from the east. And these were almost like what you would call astrologers. They had been told through mystic means about this king of kings... And they got, think of this, they got an audience with the king. He didn't know them. They must have had a, you know, we have the camel, I don't know, camel noise, but smelly, horrible things. And we always have three camels. Those men did not come across from the east, the desert of Iraq or Mesopotamia on three camels. They probably had 300 when the light horse went out, they, just to do a small thing and destroy a well in 1916, they had 300 camels just to provide the water, to provide the food. Think of it, camels across the desert. By the time they arrived at King Herod, all of Judea knew about this massive train of these kings who were rich, filthy, filthy, stinking rich to make the journey with those 300 camels with water and forage and everything they need. You know, kings, tents. Think of it, the servants. They made all this journey and no doubt Herod thought, Rob, what's going on here? He probably thought they were going to plan war. So he grants them an audition, an audience, and they talk about a king that has been born. Can you get the picture? Three kings. Actually, if you count the three kings that came across, then you've got three kings. You've got Herod talking about a fifth king. But this king is the king of kings. So three kings join another king and talk about the king who's going to be the king of kings. Get it? It's bizarre. It is madness. And so Herod, and the, and the Bible says this, if you read the story, there's all these little cryptic things. He got smart and he said, ah, I know what to do. I'll send these guys out to find the child, and then when they do, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give them another audience, yeah, blah, 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 and that way I can kill. This was a serious threat. You know how we met a little baby in a manger and we put the kid, you know what I mean? Think of it, it's, it is two years later. This is now a massive, serious threat to the kingdom of whoever this kid is. 
What kind of king is he? None of them knew. None of them had any real revelation. All they knew is this was a powerful, powerful child because they understood birthright. And if you were born into the family to be a king, you're a king. Hey, William. Hey, Harry and all that royal family that we love looking at over. If you're born into kingship, you're, you're in it. You're, you're in it. So they knew. It's a, it's a powerful story. Yet what went wrong? He didn't kill the king of kings. The king of kings fled to, uh, into Egypt and survived. He came back and 33 years later, the Romans killed him. The Jews killed him. What went wrong? Well, let's look at the next chapter. Along comes the church. The church. 2,000 years. Jesus was only here for 33 years. He only ministered for three years. Yet the church has been around for 2,000 years. Some of them are old buildings over 150 years old. and They're still standing in the same place. Go over to Israel and you'll find rubble of churches that were created just literally a hundred years after the time of Jesus. He really lived. He really was and is the King of Kings. The story of Jesus is absolutely real. Long comes the church, standing on the pillar of everything Jesus did. So what went wrong? <laughs> Look at us. We're sitting in an old 150-year-old building We're proclaiming these songs about this incredible king. Where's the triumph? Where's this glory that we're singing about? Because I don't have it. (laughs) I mean, I'm alive. I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. All of us in the room are alive, but none of us have the kind of triumph we've been singing about. We've been singing about this triumph that is above everything. Triumph in the skies. Angels proclaiming. I don't know about you, but my life, I've been a Christian 30-something years. My life, I'm not some triumphant glory. Anyone who knows, heaven knows that, has worked with me only for a few months. Do you know what I mean? I don't carry, I don't know if any of you feel you do, but I don't carry this kind of triumph. Why? Anyone sick? Anyone get sick? Anyone know about long time? Yeah. So what went wrong? Why 2,000 years ago, this incredible king, this incredible person, a person of history, they tried to kill him, they did, and they thought it was all dead. And yet here we are, 2,000 years later in a 150-year-old building, standing up, giving our best, but are we like a big Roman triumphant march into Rome to say we've won victory? No. Why? Now, but not yet. If you don't get the two parts of the kingdom of God, the first part doesn't make any sense. And sadly, when I heard Sylvie sing that song and proclaim the name of Jesus last night, it was a whole lot of people trying to make sense out of the birth of the baby. The birth of the baby, the now, the now of our time, the church, we don't make sense. Never will we make full sense unless you understand the not yet. I'm now and I'm waiting with the not yet. I know the King of Kings has saved me personally. He's done an incredible personal work in me. To look at me, I'm not a Roman victorious person. 
But I know, and I know many of you in this room experience the sensation of the life of Jesus Christ. He's alive. He lived. This is the church, but we're a wacky bunch. Aren't we? We proclaim this. I mean, I'm standing here now. I've got lots of sicknesses and stuff that we can't get rid of. I'm taking pill after pill after pill. I know some of you are in the same boat. Yet I'm telling you I could never be more alive. I'm telling you I am so happy. <laughs> you know, yes, you might have sickness. You might have family troubles today. Come on, hands up. Who's expecting family troubles today? <laughs> Christmas Day. Psychologists' phones would ring hot if they had a hot mind. Christmas Day. Who's expecting trouble? I've already got trouble. One part of the family won't get in the room with the same with another part of the family. It's all on, isn't it? And yet we proclaim the victory of the King of Kings. It's crazy, isn't it? Christians are getting together all over the world today and they're going to sing about this amazing victory. Yet they're walking around with limps. They're walking around with broken marriages, broken lives. With grief and the joy of babies. Isn't it fantastic about Eden? Fantastic. The joys. But when we're doing all of what we're doing through life, it's because we understand there's a not yet. Yes, now I have the tent I have. But guess what? I know that Jesus Christ is coming back. I believe that. And I could not live with the now... And with the not yet, it's all about knowing that I believe in what's coming. The reason Herod killed him is because he is the king of kings. Not was, is. And he is in heaven right now, kind of eagerly waiting, the Bible would say. Eagerly waiting beside the throne of God. And the prophecy we have is that God will make every enemy of him... And of the church, his footstool, and he will cut. This is, I know this is pretty bizarre from Christmas. But if you don't understand the second part of the story, I don't believe the whole manger thing makes sense. The whole Herod story doesn't make sense unless you look forward. I believe with all my heart he is coming back. I, whether it's, I used to think, oh, it'll be when I'm alive. Now I think that's the stupidest thing I could have ever said. Isn't it? The older you get, you just go, oh, forget it. Who cares? Who cares? I'm hanging on by his mercy and grace. The only way I'm going to get into heaven is hanging on to his mercy and grace. Get it? That's the not yet. I live with that. I understand it. It's all about him. It ain't about me. It only takes 30 years or so to try and work that out as an arrogant young man. And the more, and the more sicker and older you get, you go, yeah, it's all about him. It's all about him. The only way I'm getting into heaven is because of him. That's living with the not yet. By faith, we come into his kingdom. By faith, we embrace him. By faith today, it takes faith to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Jesus, I believe this story. That's called faith. But the not yet is about hope. I hope, I, I long and I hope for him coming back. I long and I hope for the day that I die and I believe I will go and I will see him. All of my sickness will be gone. The Bible says tears. Those of you that are broken, even today, the promise is our tears will be wiped away. There will be no crying anymore. There will be everlasting joy and peace. Not in heaven. A lot of people think we're going to live in heaven. That's rubbish. Earth. 
Because Jesus, the King of Kings, the Bible says, is coming back to earth to reign as our King. I cannot wait. Rid of this wretched body. At the moment, as I'm talking, I've got a machine in the back of me sending tingles down my, down my legs. Thank God someone did a PhD and worked out how to fix my pain problem. <laughs> but I can't wait for the day to be walking around without the, the, you know what I mean, the stuff that we put up with. I have faith to believe in Jesus and my hope talks about it not yet, but I will finish remarkably with what David said, that I had no idea what he was going to be talking about. Focusing on the love of God. There's only one thing we can do, wretched people. It's just love each other, isn't it? It's all we can do. It's just join together. It doesn't make sense. We're not, no matter how great we sing, no matter how great a story or nativity scene we put on, it doesn't make sense. But if you believe and have hope for the future, oh, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense.